Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. In this bite size from episode number 71, powerhouse Dr. Jodie Lowinger talks about her best-selling book, The Mind Strength Method, and Jodie outlines the four-step framework she designed to help people reduce and control their anxiety. Dr. Jodie uses her clinical knowledge and experience to create a method that doesn't fight the body's natural response, but rather allows people to flow with them and turn them into a more constructive purpose. One of the parts I really enjoyed about this interview is Dr. Jody gave a really clear framework for two different pathways of anxiety. One is trauma, which comes from past traumatic experiences in life. And the second pathway is an overactive amygdala. If you'd like to find out more, go to the full episode number 71 on the Performance Intelligence Podcast. Your book. Wow. Cracker, cracker. It's a really, really good manual. Wiz will put the details where people can order the book as well. There's a lot of science, there's good storytelling, but I love the framework. You know, I love three steps, four steps. Talk us through the four steps. So, the four steps of the mind strength method, or really when we think about the evidence base that's uh, underpinning the mind strength method, it's leveraging clinical psychology, positive psychology, neuroscience, and building a high-performance mindset. So many evidence-based protocols that feed into it. The four steps really talk to who we are as human beings. Step one is awareness of your fight-or-flight-driven thoughts, feelings, and actions. What do you do when you're caught up in struggle with uncertainty in this perceived threat or in real threat? Because we don't want to hate fight-or-flight. It's there for a reason. Mm. It's there to help us in times of real threat. And again, my experience with athletes, when you normalize it and go, huh, there you are, one of the mindfulness techniques I'll, I'll use with athletes rather than getting out in front of the lights, especially when they're stepping up, so to play from their club to state or to go and represent your country, yeah. to normalize it and know that it is going to happen. You are going to get that little jump in your emotions. And when it happens, go, ah, oh, I expected this. So that normalizing or that awareness of it can really help as a strategy. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And recognizing that all we want is certainty. And that's what tips us into that. So all of the normalizing. And, you know, what you talk to is the power of acceptance. And acceptance is one of the most fundamental things to dissolve the fight or flight reaction because you're literally taking yourself out of the boxing ring with the struggle with uncertainty. Also, like one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this and you're interviewing me and flipping it again so we can we can swap the routines and you <laughs> can dig that. deep and ask me the pressing questions. I was a good athlete, not great, and I won multiple state championships but never went to the next level. I performed my best in low-key meets and when those nerves came, they took over me. So I didn't dance with them. I got you know, crunched by them. So that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate. So I teach this when you feel those nerves, know how to – Bring it back. Know how to downregulate. Know that it's okay to, again, to feel nervous and out of control and have this crazy monkey brain, but then the strategies to pull out of your back pocket to put into practice so then to bring yourself back. So that that performance zone, it's the optimum, isn't it? You want to be aroused enough that mm. you bring your best, but over-aroused, mm. uh, you don't bring your best. Yeah, and it's t- 
taking it to that deeper level in terms of the arousal of what is driving your behavior at any particular moment. So are you being driven by that sense of what if I stuff up here, fight or flight drivers versus I value achievement, I value effort, I'm going to give my absolute best, I'm focused in on my goals as opposed to focusing in on your threats. And so it's that pivot out of threat drivers into values drivers that is the essence of the mind strength methodology. And it's the essence of your capacity to leverage the adrenaline to put you into that optimized performance zone. So if we take golf as an as an example, because golf is a really good one to talk do you, do to you this. Golf? I don't play golf myself, but a lot of my clients say, can you help me with my golf form? And I'm like, hell yeah, of course we can do this, right? It's about, you know, the muscle tension that or the focusing in on where I'm tense is going to make you more tense. And it's the acceptance of that that takes you or it's the pathway to facilitate you more readily into that flow state and focusing on what you know, the muscle memory around focusing in on your goals that kicks in in such a powerful way. So high performance habits is one and the same as your capacity to master anxiety and thrive. So the mind strength method, step one, is really building awareness around these fight or flight drivers. Step two is awareness of your goals, awareness of your values, your strategic goals, your mission, your purpose, your capacity to build clarity on that alternative pathway, which enables you to move out of negative stress and leverage that adrenaline to help you to function at your best. I smile because I see so many parallels again in the way we teach. You're much more articulate in it, but there's a real parallel between our methodology. Stunning. Are you planning an upcoming conference or company offsite? For the past 15 years, I've averaged speaking at over 50 events each year, and I still love presenting at conferences as much as I did when I first started. To explore the different presentations I offer on a range of topics and themes, including physical and psychological well-being, becoming burnout-proof, connection and belonging, that's a new area I'm, I'm really enjoying presenting on, neuroscience and behavior change, mental skills and leadership and culture. Or if you'd like to understand our fully integrated conference experience with pre-event diagnostics, activities throughout the agenda, including a morning wake up, energy breaks, team building activities, and digital resources to embed learning. To find out more information and to download a brochure, go to andrewmay.com slash keynotes. Number one, build awareness. Number two, you're realizing the power to pivot and realign to your goals, to your mission and to your purpose. And number three? Number three is a toolkit. How the hell do we do this? So the toolkit is really, again, leveraging scientifically supported strategies to master your mindset, to master your physiology and to realign, to move out of the sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system and to move out of worry into problem solving and action planning, to move out of a discomfort with uncertainty, to acceptance of the things that are out of your control and many, many other factors in that mind strength toolkit. And even toolkit is the analogy that, that there's different tools for different jobs. A builder will come to your house 
and charge a lot of money. I think that's where the story <laughs> A builder will come to your house and he might have five different hammers. You might need a sledgehammer or a claw hammer. You have lots of different saws. So you don't have one hammer for everything. It's exactly the same with the mind strength method. Here's a toolkit. So sometimes it might be breathing. Other times it might be doing some journaling or some cognitive therapy work that you do. Other times it might be more, might be more mindfulness-based acceptance. That's where you can go deep, right? And that's years and years of experience. You have all the tools or a lot of tools to help people. I, I believe that's where a lot of people that work with, with you, people that work with me and, and our respective businesses, that's a step where they often go wrong because you've got to do the reps and sets. You know, you've got to do practice and practice. Yes. I'll always use the story on fitness. And I've just come off a three-day bike ride. I was riding on day three because day one I felt horrible, Jody. Day three I felt good. And one of the guys I rode with, he said, oh, it's your muscle memory kicking in. I said, well, it's actually not muscle memory. It's nervous system memory. But yeah, when you do the reps and sets on a bike, and even if you haven't trained a lot, you go and do a three-day bike ride, it kicks in. This is where you need to do the practice, isn't it, in a non-pressurized environment. Because so many clients will say to me, I tried your breathing technique or reframing just before I spoke to a thousand people. That's not the time to train it. Do it in a non-pressurized environment. Yeah, I love that. So, so true. It's kind of about... Uh, various ways to apply that, to build in that uh, learning and wisdom when it's in that non-pressured environment. We talk about step ladders in a clinical context, step ladders or graded exposure to feared situations, and that's what facilitates your capacity to dissolve the discomfort and distress. So if we take it to a comfort zone analogy, uh, we want to take small steps out of your comfort zone. And what we're doing in that is the body adapts, the body habituates to fear, and you are in essence creating a larger comfort zone. And so you're no longer out of your comfort zone and you're ready to take that next step and that next step. There is something called flooding, okay? Flooding is fuck that, I'm just going to jump right in and I'm going to go up on that stage with those 4,000 people and I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to just do it. Now, the challenge with that is that can be terrifying. someone you know well often (laughs) try this approach? Well, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this approach. So, but it is something that has been, you know, in the clinical kind of toolkit, let's say. Is is it Louise Hay, feel the fear and do it anyway? Feel the fear and do it anyway. I absolutely adore that because that is the whole concept about graded exposure to feared situations. And however, there might be, let's say a person has a spider phobia, sit at a table with a tarantula in front of them and breathe through that and use biofeedback and all of these beautiful physiological tools to bring your stress levels down. And that may work for some. That would be an example of flooding as opposed to, first of all, I'm going to look at that teeny tiny spider on the page of that book and and breathe through it and let my and build acceptance around that and let my stress levels move back down to baseline remembering and recognizing that we inherently as humans 
are still, you know, we, we teach her above zero. We're, ne- we're very rarely in zero stress and also the power of positive stress, stress versus distress, mm. let's say. The graded stress exposure would be a way to avoid flooding. So the, we go back to one, exactly. of the, one of the open loops, that person who at school was ridiculed speaking in class and the teacher had a crack at them, so did the kids in the playground, and then they have this fear oh, I'm going to get ridiculed, but that person might go and speak to a staff meeting. They then might speak to a forum at 50. So you'd build it up, not just yes. jump in for 4,000. Yes. But some people, if you're flooded, they jump in for 4,000 and it works. You've saved a lot of time. Well, I mean, I think that we can use evidence-based strategies in a very efficient way, typically. Anxiety, I'm a very practical person. I like to get shit done fast. (laughs) Um, And so this is why I love working with anxiety because anxiety is highly responsive to turn challenges around very quickly with the right protocol. But it wouldn't necessarily be flooding that I would ascribe to typically. More toolkits to build resilience. So that's step three. And then number four, you talk about a wellbeing action plan. I like that because it's not just, hey, here it is, get awareness. Now you can pivot. Here's some toolkits. Now go off. This is the longevity play, isn't it? You've got a thing called life and you and I are obsessed about getting people to 90 or 100 years. So it's healthy in all parts of your life, builds a nice framework, a nice foundation. Absolutely right. And so complete and total respect for the power of the body to look after the mind, as well as the power of the mind to look after the body. So step four of the mind strength method is a well-being framework to enable sustainable high performance or sustainable flourishing and thinking about some of the go-to fundamentals, movement, staying hydrated, good nutrition, getting your effective sleep strategies and doing exactly what we're doing now. Connection with your tribe are the fundamentals of that wellbeing framework, all evidence-based, drawing on, you know, phenomenal science that we have to say these are the strategies that are going to really help you to flourish and thrive. And one of the most powerful go-tos is movement, is the positive neurochemicals that absolutely flood our bloodstream when we get out there and we move, when we get into nature, when we do the cycling that you do, you know, this is, or whatever floats your boat, right? In terms of that, you can walk around the block instead of, you know, moving, crashing in a heap on the lounge at the end of the day, go to the corner of your block and back. That's already going to change your neurochemistry to boost positive neurochemicals. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM Edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.